0: Hello, Saubona, How's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ.
1: Enjoy. Well guys, well done for 21 days of fasting. Hey, how awesome is that? Um, we are going to really celebrate and enjoy our times, um, our time feasting together and um, but before we get into that, we're going to really enjoy our time together with um, this incredible woman. Everyone, say hi, Carmen. Hi. All right. So um, I haven't known Carmen very long, but um, we were at a a, 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 prayer, um, a meeting to talk about 24/7 prayer in the city of Durban, and um, you know, as she spoke, she just carried such um, an authority. As she spoke, she carried such a strength. She carried um, a prophetic insight. She was, she just there was something about it that grabbed my attention. I thought, hmm, that that's a sister. That's a sister. Um, And then as I was praying and preparing for our time today, which isn't it awesome to be the girls together? Yeah, it's nice to. Let the boys go be boys and for us just to have a girl moment. But as I was praying and I was asking God, God, what do you want us to talk about? What is what is this moment about? Her face just like popped into my mind. So I did one of my random SMSs. Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we're at this meeting and um, you know, and she's like, Yeah, I do remember you and we started to communicate and I just said, I really feel like um I'd love you to come and be a part of what we're gonna do in our split service and um, because God's really given me the word courage and um, that, that as, as ladies we need to talk about being women of courage. And um, and so she then, she was like, God's been speaking to her about courage and about the church really rising up as a courageous church and t- taking authority in the spirit realm. And so there was this real great connection. So I know that this is an anointed moment. This is not just something in um, It's It literally is God is wanting to impart and um release something over us as the women of this house. Um, and so she's an amazing woman. She is a, she's, you know, you know what I love about her is as I'm getting to know her more and more, I am realizing how submitted her life is to the father and how committed she is to outwork the calling and the destiny upon her life, no matter where it takes her, or, or how it stretches her, she is a woman under God's authority. And um, and she's a woman who rises up and takes the challenges that he brings before her. And currently the challenge before you is a captain in the South African police force um, stationed in Malazi. Um And she is just doing amazing things there, both in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. But I'm going to um, ask her just to speak for a moment and just share a little bit about who she is but can we give her a big Durban welcome?
0: Sunny Banani, Hello. Hello, um, Khandit. I find it hard to sit down and talk. It's weird. So I think I can just move around. Um, yeah. So it was quite encouraging to know that it doesn't matter who you know. In the things of God. You know, we have this thing that we have to say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, with God, you just have to know Him. So then God just uh, aligns Himself with, when you align yourself with God's call upon your life, He opens up doors you don't even, you can't even dream of, or even think of. And that's exciting when being a Christian. Isn't Christianity exciting? It is so exciting. If you're not excited... You really need to grab someone next to you, around you, and say, teach me more. Because when we get into that intimate relationship with God, it becomes so exciting. Um, I never thought I'd be in the South African police service serving umlazi. Never thought that, you know. So with God, he does the most amazing things. And most often you don't understand them, so get used to that, Okay. You'll only understand it maybe four or five years later and then you'll give them all the glory and you're like, wow, that was so amazing. At the time I arrived there going, uh, I'm the only white here. No one's going to love me. You know, and you feel sorry. And you only see yourself and your own insights and thinking, and I'm only a woman in a Zulu culture. You know, the Zulu men. And I had to go tell them what to do. huh? Ish. <laughs> so. God is just amazing how he actually, when he positions you, he also gives you the authority to be able to fulfill the call that he is calling you to do. All you have to just say, yes, Lord, and then walk with your wobbly knees and everything else. And then he just, you know, the um, Amlazi community just embraced me. I am having a (laughs) jaw. You know, something about um, Amlazi, there's something about Amlazi that. For me, it's really South Africa. Like I used to think I was South African, but going into Malazi, now I'm really South African. You know what I mean? So it's um, the most warmest, uh, joyful um, people I've ever met. So in Malazi, you can I can walk into a mega city and I'll have little ones going, Mommy, Mommy, there's that lady. There's that lady who came to my school." You know, and then the mom goes, no, 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 I, I know, I've seen her in the newspaper. And da, 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 da. And so you meet this whole community that's just embraced you. And they just welcome you wherever you go. And they just want to hear what you've got to say, which is exciting. Because I go in there to speak about the things of God, and they don't even know I'm speaking about the things of God. I go in there, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky Jehovah. And I go, I address a whole school sitting there waiting, maybe a whole school of a thousand kids. And I go, and I declare, you will all finish matric this year. And they go, yeah, bo, And I'm going, yes. And I declare that you will have a dream and your dreams will be fulfilled in this nation. Yeah, bo, And we're making declarations. We're making decrees. And they're just going in agreement. Yeah, boy. And so sometimes God positions you in places that looks like I should be speaking. Sometimes I'm, I'm called to go speak about crime. Yeah. Hmm, do you think I'm going to speak about crime? <laughs> Give me the mic. And then I'll start talking about purity. Good. Instead of about girls, watch out for the boys. I'll be going into who are you? Tell me who you are. Do you know who you are? Can I tell you who you are? You are... Women of God, you are princesses. You are holy unto the Lord. And you give identity. And you start saying, anyone can't just speak to you like they should or want to speak to you. You You're not there to be abused. You're not there to be put under. Do you know who you are? And they, They haven't heard something like that before. They expect me to come say, do not do this. Don't do that. Don't walk down the streets when it's dark. Don't. That's what they're expecting, but God is amazing how He uses His weapons, even in the South African Police Service. So, a little journey. Tell me when I must stop. A little journey. (laughs) A little journey is that um, God sent me overseas for for a season. I was in teaching. First, I taught here at a private school in Durban North for about four years, and I thought, God, I'm single. I've got no children. That means the the world's my oyster. So what would you want to do with me? And then he sent me to the nations. And I started off in London. I was there for six months. And then he moved me in. I went on a four-day little holiday just to go see Turkey. Now I'm thinking I'm just going to go see Turkey. And stayed there for five years. And teaching English. So God can do anything. And while I was there about four years ago, God immediately told me he wants me back in South Africa. I went, why? You know, I like it here. I've made friends. I've done all these things. But like you, like um, Trish was saying, we have to submit. If we want the breakthroughs, if we want the radical stories, if we want the blessing of God, we submit to what he wants us to do. Okay? Sometimes the maturity thing happens where you go, mm, I don't want to do you know, and you get very like negative about it. Maybe it takes eight minutes, eight days, but then you eventually submit. Just depends on the maturity. And um, I came back to South Africa literally with a little small suitcase because it was so instant, with two outfits in it. I was in London at the time, so it was winter, it was December, and I arrived in the blistering heater with my two little outfits, uh, winter outfits. So that was interesting. But sometimes God works that quickly. And it's not practical sometimes. Doesn't make sense. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what the promises, the promised land, really looks like. You don't know what it tastes like, but you trust, and that's what I've learned. So, that's what I want to really encourage you, women, is that's what it ultimately is. When Moses had to walk through the Red Sea, he had to trust God that He's going to open. I mean, yes, an army coming with innocent people, not armed. And he has to get across to the other side. Now he has to trust for a sea to open. You probably couldn't imagine. He was hoping God would send some boats. I don't know, but like he had to trust for that miracle. When Jesus asked some uh, to Peter to climb out of the water, he he had to trust that he wasn't going to sink. We have to do the same. It doesn't make sense. Most often, when God calls us to the greatest things, the greatest impacts, the destiny moments. It's crazy. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. Your family, first of all, the closest to you, would think you really lost the cuckoo. They were like, you're going overseas? You've got no job? You're leaving a stable job? Everything's practical for those that live in the practical. Doesn't make sense. So when I came back uh, for a year, the Lord started speaking to me and wanted me to go back to the South African police service. I was there for 15 years before working at Durban Central for 11 years, and then at um, Ambilo Police Station near the university um, for four years, and then went into schooling for 10 years, literally to the minute, because you're allowed to only be outside the South African Police Service for 10 years to be able to get back in. If it's after 10 years, then you can't get in. Now, God sent me back on the 1st of January. I left on the 31st of December, 10 years back. It is literally the second into the, you know. So this is God, you know. And and he then, when I started, uh, when they called me in to say, okay, where everybody was going, um, the gentleman said, you're going to rise, And I went, <laughs> yeah, you're joking with me. You're joking with me, hey and he wasn't smiling. So I was like, are you serious? Like, are you really serious? It's dangerous there. It's dangerous. Where is Amlazi? You know what I mean? Ignorance. And um, then uh, he said, you're going there. And and, I, I think I wrestled with the Lord. I'll be honest. Eight minutes. I know, it was eight minutes. And then I just went, okay God, you know what you're doing, you have, I just trust you, have got nothing else, I just got you, I trust you. And I arrived there and it's, I've been happy ever since. My brigadier called me, like, uh, just recently last year, so at the end of last year, she says, you know Carmen, her name's Brigadier, brigadier Natuli, she's a woman. Go girl. And, um, she calls me a lovely lady and she called me, she, Woo, Brigadier, woo. It's like woo. It's like General Brigadier. So it's who. And um, I'm just who she's woo. Okay. So she she came to me, she says, You know what, Carmen? I just want to say something. Many people have that come here, many white people they come here, but they're within two months that have tried to get out. But you I don't know. Something wrong with you. So uh, she knows we I walk with her as a Christian, so I feel like I'm her advisor most often and her support and her encouragement because she's also in an environment where she's a Zulu woman. I mean, she's a head of, she's the station commissioner of Amlazi um, Police Station. I mean, it's the second biggest township. It has got the highest crime in rape, the highest crime in murder, the highest crime in carjacking in their country. So, God doesn't send you to, like, Devon North. (laughs) He sends you to the fire. (laughs) And then you have to literally trust him for everything, going into Amlazi. I mean, I drive, I'm just going to be real with you girls. I mean, really, I'm just not going to hide anything. Don't tell my brigadier. Um, I'm just going to be real with you. I mean, the, the road's going in and out. Every road I've traveled in and out, I can literally I can literally show a crime scene where I have had to go to a crime scene where there's been a murder in the middle of broad daylight. Like, gunned down. Like, right, I traveled down this road, man. Like, he So it's so real. It's not something that it's like you hear about it. You're actually dealing with it, and it's real. And so um, you rely... Your courage comes from trusting the Lord. That's it. It's not your scientific outworking, it's not your not even your fasting. It's not all those things. Those are just symptoms of showing your trust in the Lord. But it's literally it's a me and you. And me and you are gonna get through this. And you've placed me here, God. I didn't volunteer. You placed me here, and so I know you're going to cover me, you're going to support me, you're going to give me favor. Let me tell you something. If you're in the desert, and God wants you to be in the desert, you're blessed in the desert. It's not about being anywhere else. You want to be in the desert, because that's where your blessing is. So just understand that sometimes where you're at, you don't might not understand, but just know that God is in control of everything, and he will position you. With your purpose, if you submit, and like we were talking about, it is about surrender and submittance. If you are wanting to have an extraordinary life, if you are wanting to have an exciting life, if you're wanting to have breakthroughs that you could never have dreamed of and your family and generations before you have never experienced, submit. Cry if you have to. Let this not run. But let the Holy Spirit possess you, lead you, guide you, because your blessing might even be in the place of refinement. But with God, he never leaves you stuck. He, it's, an, it's impossible. You will go from glory to glory. He will take you from there to that. And I just encourage, if anything, if you were my daughters, my little ones, my little girls, I would just speak that courage into you, that he is the king of kings. Know who he is, one. Number two, know who you are in him. Those are your two rules. No man can come, no matter how swerve he is, can come and fool you, abuse you, lie to you. Because the Holy Spirit walks with you, covers you blesses you, will never allow you to make the mistake to marry the wrong one. Never. God will never allow it if you submit it to him. Or you submit it to yourself. We have weaknesses and the enemy uses those. So submit yourself to him. Submit yourself to his word and most important I think about courage and we'll speak about a lot of things what courage really is and and what authority is because I think those things come in line with understanding because then you can walk into the more when you understand your authority that the devil should be very worried about you and, and and that he shouldn't you don't fear him he fears you and he should watch out you know what i mean that's a different stance that's not backward stance that's front foot stance. You want to mess with me? You want to mess with me? Then you're messing with heaven. Do you understand? And so the enemy knows he's... You know, we spoke about victory today. This is a huge word for this church, for this new year. I felt that in the spirit. I felt it last night, just preparing for this. I don't like to prepare too much. I like the Holy Spirit, I like just to do what it wants to do, you know? But the I felt in the spirit last night, just with regards to this church that this is a celebration year for you right through there's a shift after this 2021 20, day fast and it's a time where you're going to it's not a, it's an exchange of the warfare to the crown of victory so you've done the warfare now you go in to celebrate and victorious things these are just the beginning it's going to be a long line when people test me, we'll have to say, "Well, you we have to wait next week." We have to, and it's just going to be a testimony that you might have to decide. There's no preachers; we're just going to have 15 testimonies. Because I loved this morning, by the way, I thought it was amazing. Um, so it encourages, it uplifts, and it uh, gets us into a position of wanting to receive and expect God. So I just want to encourage you that this is a year where God is radically, overnight going to take something like for 10 times you've tried and he just does it and he positions and moves things out, put people on phones, you know what I mean? And, and that's a situation where it's been really difficult and you're stuck. He is just radically going to open up and you're going to know it's him. It's not going to be like, and because I dieted for 21 days, God sent my husband. You know, because I got thinner. No. It is because he is full of grace. You are ready. You have submitted yourself to him. You have done the warfare. You have readied yourself. And now you're saying, I'm ready to feast on what you got for me. Okay, it's not just feasting on food, it's feasting on miracles. Now I feel miracles are coming to this church. I feel that they are going to be healings. People are going to come to this church because they heard someone got healed. They might not even know the Lord, but they just heard someone bumped at them on the street and they were told, I'm here to get my healing. Uh, who? Jesus who? Huh? Huh? And they're going to come and get healed and get salvation in this place. So I just want to encourage you, this is the year of celebration for this church. Okay. I'm going to just give this back or she'll never get it back.
1: Awesome. Isn't that encouraging? Come on. So Carmen's got a lot more to share as well, and I'm definitely going to let her, you know, command the microphone. Um, But I wanted to just say, you know, as women, we choose to be courageous or we choose not to be. We choose to be everything that God created us to be or we choose to not be. And I want to tell you that he did not create us to be wallflowers. In the background, just making things look a bit better and run a bit smoother, we are there to be alongside our brothers and our husbands and our sons to rule and to reign. That is the word of the Lord. In Genesis, he tells us right in the first chapter, he says that we have been created in the image and in the likeness of the Godhead to rule. And that means to have authority. That means to to not be on the back foot and to not be second-guessing, should I, shouldn't I, to be a woman who knows who she is, identity is sorted out, knows that she is unconditionally loved, and then this boldness and this courage rises up to just take hold of whatever it is that God has placed upon your life. And the reason I wanted you young ladies to be here and to really pay attention is because if the enemy can grab hold of your voice and your courage as a young woman, you will be a a, a scared little girl in an adult woman's body and you will not fulfill what God has for you. And I want you to know that you do not have to be one person who just grows up and you're in a big adult body, but you're actually a timid little girl because you you were not empowered with the authority that God has given you to be courageous and to be everything that he has called you to be. All right, so that's why you're here because we want you to to not have to make mistakes that we made and we don't want you to have to go through years and years of trying to get rid of old junk. We want you to just walk into everything that God intended for your lives. And the more you come to church, and I know some of you come here without even your parents, you come because your heart is saying, God, I want you, I want to be in this environment and I'm so proud of you. And um, and to just say to you that as you continue to come into this environment, get around these women and and let them embrace you and you guys embrace the younger women, that we will walk together as a mighty army. You know, I know women who go to church and they, they uh, love Jesus, but they're not women of courage. Um, I know a lot of women who are... Um, getting ready to pack their bags to leave this country because they're white-skinned and they don't feel like there's any opportunity for them or their children. They're, they're exiting, not because the Lord is saying, you need to go. They're exiting out of fear. They're exiting because they're afraid that they're the wrong color in this country. And what the Lord is doing is he is building an integrated society in South Africa where we have single white women as captains in Umlazi police force, and we have community coming together, and we have a cross-cultural understanding, respect, building each other up, encouraging each other. That is the nation that the Lord wants to see. That is the that is the the prophetic identity of South Africa, and it's our responsibility to be the women of courage who help make that happen. And you know, maybe for Carmen she had to rise up and be a woman who goes into a, a, a very black African male-dominated environment. Maybe you have to be a woman of color who goes into a white environment, and goes there and helps to break the, the mindsets that are there in white communities, break the mindsets in white male men. Um, I love the fact that I was chatting to somebody who was talking about, um, he's an unsaved man, and um, he was talking about the godly women who are working in the municipality. And he said, there is something different about these girls. There is something different about them. So these women are rising up in the authority, the grace, the beauty, the courage of God himself, He is bringing His kingdom through them, and the unsaved men are saying, there's something different about these women, and they're the Christian women. Now those are the type of women we need to be, women of courage, women who are making a difference. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to save them oh, excuse me look them in the eyes and say, "You are not a wallflower." You are not in the background. You are a woman of courage and power and authority. You do not need to be a feminist. You just need to be who God created you to be. And that is a woman of courage and authority. Yeah, isn't it good to hear that from your sisters? We need to say that to each other more often. You know, when I asked you girls to write down last week what it is you want to talk about when we have girl time, and, and there were a number of things that came up. But one of the prevailing themes was how do we build strong, authentic friendships and mentorship in this church? How do we really build the depth of accountability that my heart is crying for? Well, I can tell you how we do that. We do it by being courageous. We do it by being vulnerable to each other. We do it by saying, hey, here's my yuck stuff. Will you still love me? Hey, you know what? I don't expect you to be a perfect friend, always available, always responding, but but I, 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 I know that I can receive something from you as you will submit to God and as we together decide to walk together. So whatever we are hungering for, if we are courageous, we will go after it and we will intentionally get it you know, this moment didn't just happen. I had to be courageous and put myself out there and be like, Hey stranger, do you by any chance, like, remember me? I was like the background person sitting there with my husband and just brought along type thing. You have to put yourself out there. We had amazing, amazing Christy Hussleman coming. Remember, you know, I had to put myself out there. Hey, you know, I met your sister in Mauritius. She said, we might, get along, awkward, you know, like, how do you do that? I've had people reject me when I've been like, so out there, but that's okay. That's their journey. That's growth in me, but let's put ourselves out there to build relationally to the depth that our heart is crying for, man. We have got to be the sisters who stand together and that is going to take serious courage because we've been hurt by each other. And we've been disappointed by each other and we've been let down by our mother figures. And you know what? I have disappointed some of you and I have not been available and I've had people leave the church because I, I can't be everybody's personal chaplain, you know? And we have just got to rise up and be women of courage who care front each other. Hey, that made me feel uncomfortable when, you know, I sent you five messages and you didn't respond. No, is anything going on? Instead of just like, I'm rejected. I'm hurt. I'm not going to talk to her. Maybe I need to find another church because I just don't feel the peace here anymore. You know what I'm saying? We have got to mature up, grow up. There is a war to be fought. All right? There are souls that are depending on us becoming everything God created us to be. And I don't know about you, but I'm not here on this earth to waste my time. I am not doing this Christian thing because it is comfortable, easy, or financially rewarding. Oh my gosh, it is hard and hectic, but so fulfilling. And I know every day that I wake up, I am in the perfect will of God. I married the man I was meant to marry. Can I tell you the little secret? So before Wayne and I got married, um, there was an an ex-boyfriend who kind of, you know, kind of came back on the scene and he was, oh, he was Mr. Romantic and he was Mr. like charming. And, and all of a sudden I didn't know, you know, Ooh, there's this, there's this Wayne guy and things are really progressing and he really loves the Lord. And there's, you know, Mr. Good guy and he's so good <laughs> in many ways. And, and I, I, what do I do? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, with this one, you will have a good life a comfortable life, and you will do many good things for me. With Wayne, it'll be harder. But you will fulfill your destiny. And I said, you know what? I'm choosing destiny, not comfort. And every day, I know. We would not be here doing this if I had made the choice for comfort. If I had made the choice for everything's rosy and pink and, you know, White picket fence up the North Coast, you know? Um, but this is life. This is awesome. This is real. This is eternal. This is what counts. Um, and so let's be women of courage. Okay, so in terms of being women of courage, we have to make, um, make a conscious decision to identify what is trying to rob our courage, okay? And maybe you need to think about that right now. What is that thing or that person that the enemy is working through that is there to steal your courage? Maybe it's a bully at school. Maybe it's an absent parent. Maybe it is a predator who is harassing you on social media or in some way or form. Maybe it is just living in an an unhealthy environment of discouragement What is that thing in your life that is coming to, maybe it's lack or loss or hurts. What is that thing that is coming to steal your courage? It's there to discourage. I want you to see it. I want you to name it. If you need to write it down, write it down, but give it a name. Otherwise, it lurks around in the background of just not feeling great. You know, just messing around with your mind, your will, your emotions, it just it just lingers. But if you can name it, and if you can see it, then you can deal with it. All right. And every name submits to the name of Jesus. And then you take that thing, and we begin to deal with that. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along. But I want you to just keep in mind what it is there. And we're going to go to a passage of Scripture in 2 Chronicles. And will you read for us? Okay, so we're going to go to 2 Chronicles 20. There's a phenomenal um, account in Scripture of um, a vast army that arises against a king. And we're going to look at how he dealt with it. And as we go through these points, I want you to think about that thing that we just, that we just named, that thing that was bringing discouragement. Okay, it's quite a long passage of Scripture, but we'll have expressive one here. Okay, so
0: it's 2 Chronicles 20, we're starting at verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Menunites, many knights, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat a vast army. It's coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It's already in Hazazon, to Mar, that is in en alarmed Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judea. The people of Judea came together to seek help from the Lord. And indeed, they came from every town in Judea to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judea and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord, in front of the new courtyard, and he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations, power and might on your hand, and no one can withstand you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether, whether the sword of judgment pause." or plague, or famine, we will stand in the presence before his temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you have not allowed Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Oh our God, we will not judge them, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but your eyes are upon, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judea with their wives and their children and their little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, and the son of Benaiah, and the son, ooh, Shish, sheesh, the son of Jehiel, and the son of Mataniah, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph. As he stood in the assembly, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judea and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the path of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord he will give you. O Judea and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judea and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Gohathites and the Korahithites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with, every, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judea and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord, your God. And you will be upheld. Let me just change that. Listen to me, people of every nation. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out as head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Pause. Sorry. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, I'm so excited about this word. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab Mohab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judea, and they... And they were defeated. The men, the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and an, annihilate them. After they had finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they, ha, they helped to destroy one another. And when the men of Judea came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked for, uh, towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder. Woo! Uh, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the Valley of Baraka to this day. Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judea and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had are given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. Hmm. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the uh, of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Do I continue? No. Can I just add one thing? Can't help myself. Um, During worship, um, as we were worshiping, this is a word for this church as well at this season and time, Um, as much as I'm here to speak about courage, I feel like I'm here to actually prophesy and make declarations um, into this body, into this church, because God wants to do something amazing this year with this church and with you, so I'm very excited because as, that's why I'm reading this and I'm going, oh, yes, Lord. Um, so in, the, in during worship, um, I saw two angels. One angel this side, one angel that side. And they were leaning on a, a sword. Uh, and they, they looked like they, their heads were down, like they were asleep. And the one sword had justice. And the other sword had the spirit written down on it. And as you started worshiping, they awoke. And I felt God is saying that worship is your key. So the worship leaders there, one or two, I can see where you are, one, two. You are going to be leading in a way you've never led before. God is going to bring justice to where there's been injustice in your families, in your life. And going to bring blessing and celebration. For far too long, it's been like this in my family, or in my generation. Too much divorce. I'm afraid, fear, to marry, for example. Too much lost. Maybe a lot of babies lost along the way, through um, just whatever the situations could be, and you're just afraid to be fall pregnant. There's so many things that different generations and families deal with. Poverty, education. None of us have gone to university. Why me? I don't think that's possible. I fear even success. Even success is sometimes fearful. Because maybe people will look at me differently and think, who does she think she is? Because she's got a degree. You know? So there's all these different fears that might not just be a physical fear but an emotional one. And those are the ones that actually hold us even harder because it doesn't leave you. Where if there's a person that makes you scared, there's times that person's not around. But when those fears are inside of you and they play with your mind and most often your identity, then this is what God is also wanting to deal with inside of your hearts. But I feel for the church, for this church, with we're talking about, they celebrated, there was worship, there was, they went ahead, they submitted themselves to God, and I feel that God is these two angels assigned to this church, one of justice and one of the Holy Spirit, and I just feel that through worship they awake, and then things start happening. In the spiritual realm, things start happening where it, it's not just in this environment, but it's in the spiritual realm of your, uh, of you, of your generation, of the generations way before you, 10 generations back. So I'm excited to say that God's going to be breaking through. That's why there's going to be a year of celebration, but it's going to come through worship. So if there's a situation that you are fearful of, or there's a circumstance, there's a blockage in in, in your life, you're going to worship over that thing. You're going to put the king of kings over that thing. And the fight is not yours. And that's what I've learned about being in the South African police service. Because crime is huge. It's a huge thing. We're dealing with demonic, the demonic realm of spirits, of principalities. Your fight's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities of or rulers over regions and situations. And God sends me to that region. Highest crime against women and children. Highest crime um, of murders. High, you know, he doesn't give me just the small little, gives you the big thing. But you know what? It isn't my battle. Yeah, that's, right. that's, I just sit like this and I go, oh, God, you see that? Cleveland's there. Hmm. See, I just asked you as king of your armies of angelic hosts and Michael included, just go down there, release, or I ask you to release your angels over Cleveland's Heavenly Father. I stand in the gap and for all those people there, Heavenly Father, and I repent on behalf of the sins, the bloodshed, the the anger, uh, and, and I stand in the gap. Have I moved yet? No. Have I removed my firearm yet? No. Have I shattered it? No. I have just stood in the place of my authority, knowing I've got the whole of heaven behind me, all the resources—not like the South African Police Service—all the resources. And I just released those resources into that area. Can I tell you a testimony quickly? I'm sorry, but I have to because God is so amazing. I arrived at uh, three years ago at Amlazi. Cleveland's was in, you know Cleveland's, who knows Cleveland's, Cleveland's hostel. It had over a hundred murders there within three years that weren't solved which is really crazy. Sorry, that's just not, that spiritual. Um, not one conviction, not one, uh, people arrested but not uh, given any, there was no justice there. Um, and there was fear in the camp there. Yeah. People living in, in Gleeblins. Um, I started off with a file that lo- went this big in one year with all negative media. Literally, I would count it to be like 25 to 30 articles in the media. That you see, were um, negative articles against, um, the crime at Lieblings as well as the police there and not doing anything. Per month. 25. And then when I started there, one good article, which you normally create that article on behalf of the police, you know, that we, we're doing something great here, yeah, we are trying, you know, so there was one. Within two years, less than two years, that changed from 25 good articles to one bad article. And that's prayer. And I'm not saying my prayer because I had a team with me praying, interceding, that understands blood covenants and understands spiritual realm because my fight's there. Not you on the ground in a police van. And the police van or the other person might not even know. And they're just going, wow, things are changing, yeah, man. Woo, it's great you know meanwhile i'm like mm-hmm. the lord and um and i just um would release spiritual things into the atmosphere and ask god to sort things out next minute we would have in the natural the parliament came there we had people that of influence would come there it became a sight suddenly there were rests made Strategic arrest, which actually on the 28th, which is Monday, High Court, Peter Marisburg. They weren't granted bail, which is also a miracle in this country, and um, and so the the, the murders have ceased, and um, and so they're going to court and they're going to Peter Marisburg High Trial Court on Monday, and my prayer still continues. I ain't finished with you until it's finished, but God is doing that, so. This is what I'm trying to say, how we fight. Did I move? Did I have to go and take my gun and in my uniform and go, ha, 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 and do whatever and make a few threats? No. I sat in my authority. I know why God called me there to change things, to change a community, to break mindsets, for a white girl to go in there and sort of say, hey, I like you. Let's like each other. You know what I mean? Because I think you're more fun, actually, than white people. Sorry, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) Um, You know how to get down. You know how to party. Everything is a a smile, and, and and I just I think that I've traveled the world. I've been on six continents. God has been good, and there is no one like a South African. And I'm not bragging. I'm just being real. There is no one like a South African. You guys are amazing. I can understand why the Lord loves you so much um, and loves this nation so much. So all I just wanted to say is that's how you are brave. Is that really brave? No. I'm not doing really much. I'm just standing in my authority. God has called us to have dominion, which is authority, and rulership. And so I stand there as a king, queen, with him seated next to him, and I start ruling where he's given me authority. And not just trying to do it in the physical and the natural. Because the supernatural existed before the natural. So if you want to change something in the natural, you start fiddling up here. Okay? All right, that's like lots of nuggets.
1: So if you look at the beginning of that scripture, when Jehoshaphat, he sees three armies gathered together against him, and it instills fear in him, right? It's a vast army. The thing that comes to intimidate you, it looks really big. Otherwise, it wouldn't intimidate you. You know, it's going to be a vast army. It's going to be something that you think, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And, you know, just as you were speaking about worship, and I know we have existing worship leaders and 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 um, worship team And you guys are going to need courage to take things to the next level and to rise up and allow the anointing of of God and to create more space for him so that you can go to the next level. But there are other worship leaders in this room. And there are other worshipers who need to be Rising up as well to carry this mantle, because this is what we need to do. We we have got a sound that shifts things in the spirit realm and changes things over our city. And it's not going to happen if just the existing people are being faithful and, and, and going on for it. That's going to that's going to keep us at a certain level. But when every person who God has ordained to be a worship leader, a worshiper, that's the, that's absolutely. But to come to practice on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Responsibility with the gift that God gives you.: You are not
0: just here to come sing a song on Sunday. We're coming to play war here. Actually, you know what? You guys are in the middle of a war. You really are. I mean, you are between heaven and hell, and they're contending for you, and you just have to make the choice which one you're going to choose. Everybody has a choice. Some are living there. I meet them, many of them, every day. Where they choose crime, they choose. They don't want to change. They choose uh, uh, the enemy's territory. And it's up to you to say: Are we coming here to shift things? You need to get lost in worship, then everybody else will get lost in worship. It's not. We're not here to perform. Got the anointing of God. When it comes to yes, God uses skills, and we can hone our skills. We can develop our skills um singing or instrument or whatever the disciplines of that but it's also about just falling into him and allowing the spirit of god to move and impacting the whole church to move forward with you so i'm challenging the worship current worship leaders to break out in prophetic song whoo that's a bit of a challenge good see where your next challenge is and go for that and take the step out and start singing a prophetic song over people. And they leave you. God wants to just move. You guys are about to move. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? We're not going to be doing the old things and the old ways and the old but everything. You're into a new season and the new way and the new things. And that means you've got to do new things. So if you've never prophetically sang, ask God, the Holy Spirit who's inside of you, to release that gift. And be brave, you see. If you have courage, if you've never given a prophetic word to the person, but you keep thinking, God keeps dropping things to you to say, hmm, that person's going through a divorce, hmm, and tells you all the details, and then you go, oh, that's terrible, terrible, terrible. (laughs) What's for lunch? You know what I mean? God gives you that, what are you going to do with it? You're going to go there, you're going to use wisdom, you're going to say, I just feel... You're not going to go tell the person the ten things that God has told you. That you're going through a divorce now and I know it's so terrible. No, you're going to go, I feel God just wants to tell you he's got it. He's been hovering over you. I feel that he's hovering over your marriage. That he is bringing correction where correction is called. And he's fighting on your behalf. Now, what encouraging way that is when your marriage is going way wide. So, uh, take the little gifts that you have. and so, Don't come and just eat ya. You've been fasting and you just come and eat ya still. Yeah. And you're saying you're hungry. Ah. Come here. And how hungry you are now is the world out there. starving. Starving. Got nothing. Haven't got something to break the fast with either. No feasting. They don't have Jesus. You're supposed to feel this hunger and go and feed that world out there. Fill yourself, not just spiritually, but equip yourself. Equip yourself to be the meat of Christ. Be the water that never runs out and refreshes that people keep coming back to you. Hey, we're not here to do church. We're in a war. And you're an army. And we need you to be courageous and understand that even that fear is a spirit. It's the opposite of faith. They both start with F's, but they go two different directions. Faith will take you and will move the mountain. It will move the situation in your life, fear will only make it bigger. So you got to choose, and that's exactly what uh, Trish was saying. It is a choice, like you choose Jesus as your Savior or not. Everything from there is still a choice, to be living in freedom or not. If you're a Christian not living in freedom, because there's something about your theology you haven't clicked yet, there's something about your immaturity that hasn't matured yet, but you're in the right place to get matured you're in the right place for people to help you and you if you just ask another thing would ask god said this is the year of asking asking you know what how i know my god is a god of detail and that's how i just know him and that's what i expect of him my faith he, and i remember once speaking to someone about stories and telling them about my testimonies how, the particular details of my testimonies and there and it was the eldest wife not this one and uh she said Oh, I wish I had stories like you, Carmen. And I went, but you can. God just meets you where your faith is. Yeah. That was my response. And that wasn't mine. That was the Holy Spirit's. Yeah. So, God, if you want to have that significant life, crazy things happening, and it's so exciting because numbers mean something, and this means something, and God is just amazing, and you just happen to bump into that and sit next to the person on the back, bu- that's the God I know. Yeah. Because that's where he meets my faith. And if you want to have exciting Christian life, start being expectant.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So isn't it amazing how, you know, Jehoshaphat, he's like, he's terrified. And the first thing he does is he goes to the Lord. He goes to the Lord and he throws himself there and he's like, I'm terrified. I need help. And this is where I was saying you need to name that thing that is bringing discouragement, that is taking your courage from you. And you name it, and you replace it with the truth of what God is saying about it. So if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling it, it's coming, then you expose it. I'm, I feel fearful, all right? Okay, acknowledge it. I feel fearful about this. I expose you fear, and I declare that actually... In God, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but I've been given a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And so you, you, you take that thing that's trying to intimidate you, and you expose it, and you turn it around. Where It's trying to get you on the back foot. You then just press forward, and you're like, you're coming at me? Sorry, sit down. You're not, you're not welcome here. I'm not submitting to you. That's the choice. Am I going to submit to it, or am I going to push it back into its place where it belongs? It does not belong over me or in me, oppressing me, pushing down so I'm in the back. No, not a chance. Fear, you come up against me. Are you crazy, spirit of fear? Are you, crazy? Are you crazy? Because my God told me that there is a spirit within me, and it is spirit of power. And it is spirit of love. And it gives me a sound mind to address it. So whatever it is that you have identified, your responsibility is to go and find the scriptures, speak to your sister, how do I deal with this thing? What are the the scriptures that that we're going to use to resist this? Because the word of God says that as we submit to God and we resist the enemy, he flees. He flees. That's the word of God. And so we have to acknowledge that it is actually simple in its essence, but we have to be proactive. We have to be proactive and we don't give him any foothold. And we use the company of the women around us to strengthen each other and to sharpen each other. We cannot do this as islands. You know, um, Techang, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. You can correct me at home if I overshare. But Tegang is living with us at the moment. Soon to soon to go. She was going to come and stay for, for like a few weeks. And it turned out to be like a year. Um, and <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been such a blessing having you in our home. And I, I sometimes I would come home from work and she works in the municipality and she's busy dealing with a lot of big stuff and she would come and I just see the spirit of weariness or this heaviness. And I just begin to declare who she is reminding her that she is anointed, that God is called. And she's studying and she's working late hours and she's serving in children's ministry and she's she's working full-time at her job and she's just going for it and doing life and it's all so much. And then she'd come in and, and as her sister, not as her pastor, not as her, her, her spiritual leader, as her sister, I would recognize it and I'd begin to declare, this is who you are. You are there, you are appointed, you are anointed. And that spirit would leave. And that's what we've got to be to each other. We can't all come and live at twenty-five Morris Place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why not? Um, okay. <laughs> Just wanted to say, to be real with you, there's a realness also that there's times where I feel the enemy's on attack, and a fear would rise in me because I'm not playing. Um, it's uh, it's about life and death for me, and I'm lazy. So there's a time where fear creeps in and I can feel it and I can hear it talking and I have to come at exactly what she says. It's, it doesn't even myself, you know, you might have this perception. I'm so strong and I'm so courageous. Blah, blah, blah. I am those things in Christ, not in myself, but in Christ I am those things. But when you lose the focus of who you are in Christ, fear can creep in sometimes. Yeah. So, and, and even if you are in Christ, and you're feeling strong and you're whistling away, you can still come and speak into your ear. Be, you know I'm coming after you. Do you th- Watch your back. Do you think you can just ride in and out here and do what you want to? All those things coming here. And then things will happen around me. It misses me, but the enemy is trying. I can't get to you, but I'll show you how close I am. And so I can immediately young. And so I can see the fear and I know he's coming. He's trying to attack me. It's, things are happening in front of me that I know is him trying to t- trigger me into a place of fear. Immediately, you know what I do? I recognize it for what it is. Secondly, I remember my call. My God has placed me here. I know the word of God. Psalms 91. I know the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Let me tell you, put it there and keep it there. It is such a strong weapon. I can't even explain it to you. Cleveland's is about the blood of Jesus. Okay, so I always submerge myself. I don't sprinkle. I submerge myself in the blood of Jesus. And for me, my face says I'm invisible to the enemy. Because I'm submerged in it. That's a powerful thing. If you take anything else away today, please take that with you. That's for free. But... It's really powerful. That's powerful. I live by that every day. I cover my family. I cover everything that belongs to me in the blood. I submerge it. So um, I just want to tell you about the, the situation with fear. Immediately after I have addressed it in the spirit, I then go to five or four very close friends that I know are prayer warriors. I know they love me. I know they care about me. And I go, hey, listen, sisters. Please, just put me inside your prayers there. I just feel like the enemy's a bit coming too close. He's intimidating. So please, it's it's just, and I'm vulnerable. Because they all see me as calm and the strong and the this and the that. But I will go to my friends, those closest to me, that I trust, that have an intimate relationship with God and a prayer life, and that uh, love me and will say, and they'll start praying for me. And I can immediately feel that lift Immediately and then also the enemy backs off. Okay.
1: Absolutely. And isn't it, isn't it so, sorry man. Isn't it so important that you've got those people that you can go to and that those people are stewarding their walk with God and they're being faithful to wake up and read their Bibles and to pray and to strengthen themselves and to be iron sharpening iron with the other people in their worlds. You know, each one of us is called to be an armor bearer to somebody else. So when you get up to have your your quiet time or your time with the Lord and you're putting your worship music on or you're taking your thoughts captive, it's not just about you and your walk. It's about you being the sister to the girl next to you who needs you to be strong and courageous and mighty and everything that God created you to be. We don't walk this Christian life insular. We we rise up because my sister needs me. You know, we steward our marriages because other marriages need to see an example of a strong marriage. We raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord because other families need to see examples of children being raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We steward our singlehood and our purity because other single women need to see examples of those who have done it and can do it and are continuing to do it. Amen. You
0: need to create a culture, and it should actually be universal in the sense of the body of Christ. But you in this church, to challenge you in this new season, is to take a moment when you're having your uh, quiet time. I have my quiet time sometimes in the car on the way to work. It's dedicated to the Lord, that 15, 20 minutes, instead of to East Coast Radio. So I take that time, and I ask, I take a moment, I say, God, is there anyone on your heart right now that's in my life that you want me to encourage or to pray for, and a face will appear, and immediately I'll, when I get to work or something, I'll send a message saying, just want you to know that while I was praying, God dropped you into my heart just going to be praying for you if there 's anything in particular, but i 'm going to be praying for you. God loves you, have a great day. that makes a person just more intimate with God brings them closer now don 't you like receiving a word or an encouragement like that? it changes your day, it changes your your situation even sometimes that you don't even know, people don't even know you in. So just be kind and take your prayer time and don't make it all about me, myself and I. And just come to a place of taking a moment out of that and saying, In this community, in this church, that this church becomes known as a church that thinks about others, that prays about others, that people feel like they belong in this place, that they've got a sisterhood, they've got a brotherhood, they've got a, when it's hardcore out there, they have a place to come run into. So start being a sisterhood. That's part of also, then you're an army. I've got an army with me. Then it's just me and my ace. But I've got an army.
1: Cool. I'm just mindful of the time and the men, if they come down before us, we won't have any food left. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to go into detail around these things, but isn't it amazing how this vast army appears and, and comes up against him. He immediately goes to the Lord with his fear and he, he, he speaks it and he, he seeks the Lord. Then he rises up as the leader he's called to be and he orders everyone to begin fasting. Let's not say at the end of this year, oh, we had such a great 21-day fast in January. Let's um, continue encouraging each other to live a culture and a lifestyle of fasting, of stewarding this gift of, of being a prayer and fasting church and doing it in small groups, however the Lord is leading us. And then he does this in verse 13. In the presence of all, in the presence of the men, the women, the children, the little one, he declares who God is, and what God has done, He reminds them, and that's why we. It's so important that we're we're not isolated, and we're not, you know, always uh, separated. It's good that that the women, the children, the little ones, that everyone's together, and we're reminding, from the youngest to the oldest, that God has done this. God has done that. God has gone before us. Hear the testimonies and it builds our faith and it encourages us in who He is and what He's about. Um, And then, and then from that place, then Jehoshaphat brings the challenge. God, this is what's coming against us. Um, And it's, it's then from that place that the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak through Jehaziel. Um, It's in that atmosphere. The atmosphere has changed. Fear came, but Jehoshaphat took took ownership over, of it, and he crafted the environment to be a place where the Spirit of the Lord could come and bring the Word to know what to do. Um, and the first thing that the Lord says is, don't be afraid. That's the first thing he says to them. Don't be afraid. Don't partner with fear. Do not give it place. And I'm glad we've touched on fear so much because it comes against every single one of us. It comes to rob, rob, kill, steal, destroy. That's its purpose. And we've been given authority over it. Um, and it's, and then it's, it's, don't be afraid. So it's, it's be courageous. And then comes the strategy. Sometimes we want to run in straight away. God, tell me what to do. Actually, there's a little bit of a process, a little bit of identifying things, a little bit of, of, of getting things right, praying, preparing, fasting, and then the strategy coming, um, And it's interesting that in the strategy, even though he said the battle is the Lord's, the victory is going to be yours, they still had to gather, they still had to prepare for war, they still had to march out and stand and face that vast army with a different disposition. A disposition of faith, a disposition of courage, a disposition of we are God's people and we are strong. And he is going to deliver us because that is the word that he has spoken to us. Um, and then there's humility and worship and a loud shout and, and there's just this praise that goes forward. And then it comes. The victory comes. Um, and, and you know, there is so much power in our declaration and our worship and our singing. And if the enemy is coming against you, put that worship music up loud. Put it up loud and begin to sing and begin to declare. Because so often we don't want to. What we want to do is we actually just want to sit back, feel sorry for ourselves, watch a soapy or a a series um, and eat some comfort food because it's just this, you know, hideaway escapism where we actually need to get that worship music on, get our declaration, get our uh, our praise, and and really be just going after it uh, intentionally. Um, They see they're getting excited about the food. And then the victory comes. And you know what I love about the victory comes? It doesn't just end there. We then plunder. Amen. The victory comes and we plunder. They plundered for three days. They plundered for three days. When Wayne was, um, uh, hospitalized with, uh, with, the doc, doc, doctor said that he had meningitis. and he was, it was a horrific time for us. And, um, and I was like, there's my husband. Feeling like he's on his deathbed. Every time he sees his boys, he would weep because he just thought, I'm not going to be able to be a father to them. Things just getting robbed. I was like, not happening. Not only is my husband going to get well because I'm going to declare Psalm 91 over him. Not only is he going to rise up because the body is going to pray for him, but we're going to plunder this hospital. And we began to plunder it and brought a different spirit. And people were just sharing numbers and and encouraging each other and helping each other. And it was like, Satan, you're coming after my husband. I'm going to take every sick person in this hospital, this ward, this ward for Jesus. And we saw that with Kiara, didn't we? What the enemy intended for harm, we've taken plunder. We've taken plunder because that hospital is not the same ever again now. The enemy is weeping that he came and brought that attack against them because plunder for three days. We've been plundering that hospital for weeks now and it's awesome because whatever the enemy intends for harm, the Lord will turn it to our good. Amen. 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 And then it's victory and celebration and rejoicing and sharing testimony and the effects on the other kingdoms. There is a God amidst those people and there was peace. And what people are going to say of the city of Durban is there is God amidst the people of Durban because we know every nation and God is moving there and Jesus is healing and there's victory and there's power and there's this sisterhood and there's this incredible force of wonder taking place in our city. Can we rise up and we're going to pray. I'm just- I just want to
0: declare this the year of changing warfare for crowns of victory. Your losses will become gain. Your heartache will turn into joy. Your fight will turn into victory. And you will rule with crowning authority. You will say, look what the Lord has done. you of moving obstacles. Those things oppressing you, opposing you, will be immediately dealt with and removed out of the way. Some doors that have been closed, but they are not locked. This is what I feel the Lord has been saying to you. From this day, I'm moving you into your promises. What held you back last year will be removed. I'm moving all obstacles and positioning you for victory. This is the year you will wear the crown of victory. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. Surely I will have compassion on you and draw you close to me. I have not forgotten my promises, have you? Speak good of me. See me perform miracles in your lives and the ones you love. Worship me. Worship me. Worship me in spirit and truth and see me for who I really am. This is your year of victory faith. This is your year of moving forward, possessing your promised land. Come and watch me perform the miracles. Do you believe who I say I am? I am your deliverer. I am your provider. Is anything too difficult for me? Are you ready to receive what you ask? Are you ready to receive my blessing? Surely I will do as you desire. As you say the desires of your heart, if you delight in me, I will make rivers flow in your deserts. Come, take my hand, come away with me. Surely I will lead you into your promises. I have uh, gone before you. This is your year to ask. Ask me for the nations. Ask me for the salvations. Ask me for my promises. I'm a covenant God, a promise keeper. I will unlock the doors that were shut last year and open them wide this year get ready get ready you are moving you are moving from glory to glory every nation arise and possess what is yours this is your hour this is your time believe receive thank you for tuning in For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at iandurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.